Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. Today we're going to have a discussion that uh, this is this was played on Twitter, on uh, a Twitter space, a little while ago, uh, about the history of the Florida Republican Party. It's a little bit different than kind of the colonial history and some of the other uh, things we've been doing recently, uh, Seminole War, etc. The history of the GOP in Florida from the 1960s to the present day and uh, and how a party that was very moderate, I would say even on some issues, to the left of the Democrats uh, in the state. And, and in fact, you know, we're, we're geographically based around what we call the Republican horseshoe, uh, which was an area that went from uh, Naples from Collier County up through Pinellas, swung across the middle of the state through Orange and Seminole, down back through Brevard, all the way down to the northern part of Broward County, up through Fort Lauderdale, right? Uh, Hollywood uh, and uh, Miami, uh, Hollywood and then Dade County, as it was now, as it was then known, Miami Dade and Monroe were very Democratic, uh, very liberal, kind of northern Democratic, and particularly Miami, uh, Miami Beach and Hollywood. Uh, but from Fort Lauderdale northwards up the coast to Brevard and then swing back around. Uh, really an upside down horseshoe, but we call it the Republican horseshoe. So the Republican party was largely based around urban and more populated areas in the state. So that dictated a different kind of politics than what we see from the Republican party now uh, in uh, 2022 as, as, as we record this. So um, we had this discussion on Twitter in the wake of uh, the controversies about Disney and uh, uh, reapportionment, stop, the Stop Woke Act, the so-called Stop Woke Act, the book banning, all the stuff going on in the state of Florida currently, uh, COVID uh, restrictions or lack of COVID restrictions, etc. cetera. Uh, really a historical deep dive into the Republican Party, even the factions within the Republican Party from the 1960s when Claude Kirk was a very performative figure, sort of like a Donald Trump figure in the, in the way he behaved. And we've done, obviously, uh, podcasts on Claude Kirk in the past. Uh, but he was, he was battling Jack Eckerd and William Kramer and these very institutional Republicans who I think had the upper hand through much of the 1970s and 1980s. Yeah, to the point where in the early 1990s, the talk in the National Republican Party was Florida's party is a good moderate model for us. It's the, it's the state we've done the best in in the South, uh, we being Republicans. Uh, I'm not a Republican, but I'm using that as a Republican, uh, saying that in, in this sense. Uh, the Republican Party had done best in the South. The state that they had done, performed the best in was Florida. They controlled the congressional delegation. They were getting very close to taking control of the legislature. They had won the governorship a few times and won a, a U.S. Senate seat multiple times in Florida, unlike many other Southern states. Yet their party was more moderate than in any other Southern state and was more moderate than their party nationally. So talk a lot about that and then how that shifted and how the Republican Party now in Florida uh, under the direction of Governor Ron DeSantis is, um, I, I don't like calling DeSantis a conservative. I don't think he's a conservative at all. I think he, he, he would do well to read Edmund Burke and next time he calls himself a conservative. But this sort of performative, you know, I, I mean, just this crazy ideology, right, of, of, of authoritarianism and performative art um, that DeSantis has turned the Republican Party into. There was a process, is the point, from the 19, 
60s through the 1990s. There's a shift in the 90s that we talk about uh, in, in part two of this. Oh, we started talking about it in part one. We, we concluded in part two. This is going to be two parts, by the way, as a podcast. And um, it, it, then you know, bigger shift in 2010 in the Republican primaries for statewide office and some of the primaries for state legislature in 2010. Uh, term limits plays a factor. Then obviously post-2019 with Ron DeSantis is, is a completely different Republican Party and one that very much marches in lockstep. Uh, one of the themes that we talk about in the 1990s and 2000s was that even when you would perceive Jeb Bush and Rick Scott were moving to quote the right, uh, there was a strong faction of Republicans, Republican office holders, people actually in public office that would push back. Uh, that's not the case anymore. So anyway, this is a, uh, a long form discussion. It was a Twitter space. So Dave Trotter uh, joined me for the Twitter space, who's uh, got an expertise in numbers and, and, and trends in Florida, demographic and uh, really kind of electoral trends in Florida. And there were other uh, voices that chime in, mostly in, in part two. Uh, uh, Trotter does chime in in part one and uh, others in part two. So anyway, here's part one of that discussion on this week's Florida History Podcast. Let's start in the 1960s. Let's talk about, the, we're gonna talk about the Florida Republican Party and how the GOP in Florida has, it, the ideology has, has completely flipped of the Republican Party on so many things. And I, I know that this is a, to a large extent, a national issue, but I think Florida really crystallizes it. And in Florida, you had a Republican Party that was uh, into the 1990s considered to, to the left or to, you know, further to, to the middle than the National Republican Party. So um, what you had in Florida in uh, the 1960s was a situation where um, there was a, 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 a democratic hegemony that had gone back to Reconstruction, right? Like, like all big South states, um, and in all deep South states, right? And every and most of the peripheral South. And what had happened in the 1960s was you began to get really in the 1950s in Pinellas County, in the St. Pete area specifically, you had a lot of people who had moved from the Midwest. And as the 1960s went on, you had engineers and, uh, and, and scientists moved to Brevard County around the space program and the industries and defense industries connected to the state and space program. Uh, Mark Marietta had a plant in Orlando, uh, which opened in 1958, uh, on, which is still there on, uh, on, on Sand Lake Road. I guess it's uh, what, Joaquin Martin now. And, uh, and, and uh, McDonnell Douglas had a plant that they opened or Douglas Corporation, then McDonnell Douglas, it's now Boeing. Uh, in Titusville. So you had a lot of scientists and people connected with defense contractors moved to Florida in the 1960s. Uh, similarly, you had a lot of Midwesterners move to uh, the Fort Lauderdale and West Palm Beach areas, Broward and Palm Beach County. So uh, there was a formation of a Republican Party in the 1960s that began to be very electorally relevant in Florida. And that Republican Party uh, had a base from Collier County in southwest Florida, Naples area, through St. Petersburg and, and, and Clearwater and Pinellas County, across Tampa Bay, uh, Hillsborough was very democratic then, but across uh, Tampa Bay into uh, Lake County, there were, and Polk County, there were some uh, Republicans, but really Orange and Seminole, the Orlando area was very Republican at the time, very kind of country club, 
Midwestern, a combination of Midwestern Republicans, uh, people who have been Chicago Tribune readers, and this is why it's no irony the Fort Lauderdale paper and the Orlando paper were owned by the Tribune Company and were owned by the Chicago Tribune and were bought in that era. The Orlando Sentinel and uh, what was the Fort Lauderdale News and Sun Sentinel is now just called the Sun Sentinel. Um, there were Chicago Tribune readers who had moved to South, to Broward County specifically and to Orange County, Orange and Seminole. So um, that those are your historic links. Then through Brevard, down through the Treasure Coast to um, Palm Beach and Fort Lauderdale. That was the base of the Republican Party in the state. Uh, it abruptly ended at Fort Lauderdale. Hollywood, which is also in Broward County, was very Democratic and was becoming increasingly Jewish at the time. Um, so there was this horseshoe. And in that Republican horseshoe, you had a lot of Midwestern Republicans. Some of them had been Bob Taft supporters. Okay, so some of them were conservatives from Ohio. But most of them were more likely um, Republicans who had supported people like Chuck, uh, Charles Percy, in, in Illinois, or uh, Governor George Romney in Michigan, they were not your hardcore right-wing conservative Republicans. Um, and they dominated the Republican Party in the state. And you had a guy named Bill Kramer, who I know Dave's gonna, gonna wanna talk about Pinellas County a little bit, who got elected from St. Petersburg in the, uh, in, 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 uh, uh, to the Congress in the 1950s, first Republican congressman in Florida, uh, to represent Florida since the 19, uh, since the 1870s, since Reconstruction. And then you had Brevard County begin to elect Republicans, and, and Orange County, you had Lou Fry, who recently passed away. He was elected, he's from the Orlando area, elected to Congress, um, I think in 68 or, uh, or so, he, got, he, he was elected to Congress. And then you had the backlash against the Democratic Party on the issue of race. Uh, the key election to note, to note with this is 1966. Uh, the incumbent governor, Hayden Burns, uh, who, was, uh, who was actually from Chicago himself, but uh, had become uh, basically an adopted Southerner and, and, and a classic Southern Democrat. Hayden Burns ran for re-election. He was challenged in the primary by Robert King Hyde, who was the mayor of Miami, uh, who was very liberal, uh, civil rights, uh, champion, a Kennedy Democrat, uh, would, would have been, you know, Miami by that time had become more like a northern city. It, it stood out in Florida uh, more than it does even now. Um, and, King, and I won the primary. So you had a huge backlash with uh, traditional Democrats in North Florida and in the interior of the state. And when I say the interior of the state, I, I mean everything from Ocala south to uh, through Lake Okeechobee, uh, to, to, to the Keys, with the exception of Orange and Seminole counties. Those are those were very kind of urbanized Midwestern uh, counties, as we talked about. But the rest of the interior of the state was very much the, uh, like the uh, like the Panhandle. Was very Southern, agricultural, um, traditional Democrats. A huge backlash. Those people vote for Republican Claude Kirk. They then, in 1968, vote for Ed Gurney for the United States Senate, um, who was a conservative who beat Leroy Collins. Leroy Collins had a reputation, who had been the, the governor of the state, but Leroy Collins had the reputation of being a, a liberal, liberal Leroy. Um, but then in 1970, this boomerang, and the Democrats retook the state, they swept the state in, in some upsets. And I want to point to 1970 because there was a uh, major internal battles within the Republican Party in that a year, which kind of set the stage for where we went. So Jack Eckert, who founded Eckert Drugs, uh, moderate Republican from Pinellas County, Bill Kramer, who we talked about, 
uh, they led a moderate faction of the Republican Party, which is very um, kind of anti-tax, but very pro-environment. Um, in fact, Nat Reed, one of their leading members who, who had been who was from uh, Martin County, he recently passed away. Actually, he lived into his 90s. Uh, he's the guy who made the Republican Party in Florida this very anti, uh, anti-pollution, pro-Everglades, uh, uh, anti-sugar party. Um, and he actually was had a lot of influence on, on President Nixon. President Nixon canceled the cross-Florida Barge Canal uh, in that period. President Nixon canceled uh, the Everglades jet port in that period. So this is important to remember. Two of the the two major environmental victories for the uh, for for the state of Florida for environmentalists in the state of Florida initial environmental victories as the environmental movement was just kicking off were due to Richard Nixon. And we're due to Richard Nixon. Uh, Richard Nixon was basically a part-time resident of Florida by that time. A lot of Floridians, Florida Republicans, had influence on him, and he was. And they were environmentalists, and of course, he also started the EPA at that time. So inst- Nixon's instincts were probably more green, anyway. But um, there's this there's this battle at that point, um, and basically, for a while, even though Kirk won his primary and Kramer won his primary, so the the, the, the kind of conservative former democratic racist vote uh, wins the governor's uh primary the kind of centrist uh, we call them centrist but i would say traditionally conservative um uh, uh, country club midwestern republican wins the u.s senate primary kramer beat harold harold carswell who had been a judge who had been rejected by the u.s senate actually to be on the supreme court he was appointed by or, or nominated by nixon obviously never served uh that's why uh uh, Judge Jackson, who just got confirmed, Justice Jackson, she's the uh, first Floridian on the court. Carswell would have been the first, but he got rejected by the Senate. Carswell um, was a an old Southern Democrat that had switched parties, uh, and he uh, he got defeated in the primary. But um, throughout the 1970s, the Republican Party in Florida and 1980s rebuilt around a very moderate image. And let me bring Dave in in a minute, because by the time we got to the 1990s, early 1990s, there were people in Washington saying, "Okay, we're not. We, we, we need to moderate our image." And Florida is a place where uh, the Republicans were very pro-environment, where they were very low tax, right? They were anti-tax. They were free market uh, conservatives. This state had acro- attracted a lot of business to the state. We had a number of tech companies. People don't realize that uh, the IBM PC, the, the original personal computer, was invented in Boca Raton by a University of Florida graduate who had been born in Jacksonville, right? This was the epicenter of a lot of technology and and business at the time. And the Republican Party in Florida uh, and the Democratic Party, Bob Graham was the governor at the time, he was very pro-business. They were kind of uh, both very pro-business, pro-free market. The the key difference would be the Republican Party was fairly, was very anti-tax. Uh, was against any sort of uh, state income tax. We're into kind of cutting taxes to encourage investment. Uh, they didn't uh, want to float bonds to, to, to build roads. They wanted to build roads and make them toll roads. So there were these kind of uh, subtle differences, but they were very pro-environment. They kept a lot of those environmentalists uh, in the party until the 2000s. And there were people, as Pat Buchanan was challenging George H.W. Bush, that was a key year, 92, in that primary, who were looking at Florida saying, okay, our party is becoming radicalized. 
these conservative Christians are taking over our party nationally. Look at Florida. Uh, the Republicans have been able to gain a majority in the congressional delegation by that time in Florida. It was uh, it was 10-9. Florida had 19 seats. Um, they've done it because they've run these kind of very moderate um, country club Republicans who focus on on taxes, but they don't stray too far on 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 uh, on other issues. And but and uh, the last thing I'll leave you with, and I want to bring David. Um, 1994. We heard a lot about the assault weapons ban, right? 1993. Sorry about the assault weapons ban during the campaign because Joe Biden was the Senate sponsor of it. Well, in fact, we had four Florida Congress people uh, who were Republicans. And by that time, the Republicans had pushed their advantage to 13 to 10 in the delegation. Uh, am I doing my math right? We had, yeah, 13 to 10 um, in, the, in the delegation. They, they, we had four Florida Republicans vote for the assault weapons ban which is not something you saw in other parts of the country, particularly in the South. You didn't see Republicans vote for gun control outside of Massachusetts and, and maybe the suburbs of Chicago, the suburbs of Philly, right? Uh, outside of, but in Florida, they did. So it was a very moderate party. Uh, then Jeb Bush runs in 94 for governor, gets beat by Lawton Childs. And then I think between 94 and 98, we began to see uh, begin of begin to shift right uh and dan webster is an important figure i think well we'll have dave talk a little bit about him and then into the 2000s um there was still a strong moderate core in the republican party and then we're going to talk about 2010 so let's start with the mid-90s dave i'm going to bring you in to talk about that and then uh and dan webster among other things and then we'll we'll talk about uh the the events leading into the tea party in 2010 yeah, I mean, so I, I, I mean, if we look at kind of maybe, well, or just re- one thing really, you know, kind of going back to uh, Claude Kirk there, one could make the argument, maybe not on issues, but as far as personality, that he kind of was maybe the genesis of this Trump type of attitude, right? I mean, he oh, was, absolutely. yeah, he, right. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody that kind of was, was further a, back. He was a demagogue, right? He was a guy that than anything and he just was into attention so that's a great point well well the thing was with him is it it really did come down to the point that he was really self-centered right so it was about him it wasn't necessarily about ideas or, or the party or whatever where you take somebody like a demagogue with george wallace you can kind of make it was about him which i think is the reason he made the shift but then he also had a lot of these feelings as well, what people can argue that or not. But um, yeah, I mean, with Clark, Claude Kirk, it was just purely, I'm going to be the governor. I'm going to, I think, in fact, I think it was Kramer that said something like, he wants to be like the governor and the king or something like that, right? Um, that being the case, talking about Central Florida, yeah, because I I moved to Central Florida and, and originally Nick Lake Marion then moved down uh, to send to uh, Orange County, Southwest Orange County, in nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty seven, and coming from the Chicago area, it was quite a bit of a difference. It's it's interesting because it is and it isn't a difference. So one thing uh, that I did some research on, and I don't know if Cardick has had mentioned this. I know Cardick talked about the um, the migration of the people coming to Florida. There's a there's a real reason for specific migration because if you look along I-95 you will see if you go I-95 New York down 
that's one of the reasons why you have a lot of people from New York there. If you go I-75 down, that's why in Central Florida and in, I mean, along the I-4 corridor, I guess you can yeah, say. Yeah, and so. also in, uh, in Southwest Florida. We'll get to that in right. a few minutes. But Southwest Florida is filled with Midwesterners. You still, if you go to Naples or Fort Myers now, you see a lot of Ohio and Wisconsin plates. Right, and that's 75 just continuing down, too. Right, so, um, yeah, so, so at the time when I got there, I think when when Webster came along and he was elected in, actually, I'm not sure if he was elected in 80. He was. He in, beat, uh, I think he beat Dick Batchelor the first time, right? He did. He beat Dick yeah. Batchelor, and then I think that um, I think, Crawford ran against him. Yeah, Craig Crawford, I think most of you probably know as a journalist, uh, <clears throat> I think, uh uh, candidate, right, and a Democratic activist before you became a journalist. Uh, and Craig, Craig, Craig ran against Webster. I'm not sure of the year, but I know he's told me about that race. So I think it may have been 82 or 84. Yeah, it, it was then, and then that was pretty much the last serious opposition that Webster had. And Webster had created this uh, kind of Christian conservative movement that was coming out at the time, right? This was really started off, you know, started with the uh, with the Reagan revolution, I mean, was part of this Christian conservatism. And he really took hold. And even at that time, you could tell that there was a split in Orange County. So we so we can talk about what what happened around the state with the horseshoe and everything, because there's some interesting trends I, I noticed, but we'll come to that in a second. But even in Orange County, there was a split. So you notice, it, and honestly, you could take I-4 to make that split. When you went to the east of I-4, most of the Republicans were much more moderate. You go to the west of I-4, they were much more conservative. Typified by Winter Park. I mentioned Lou Fry as this moderate right. pro-environment. He was from Winter Park. Right, exactly. So, you know, you, you take him, you take Tony Jennings when she was in the Senate, you take uh, Alan Trevelyan when he was in, in the House, and you take a lot of these people, and they, they were not conservatives, but then you go on the other side of the, of the interstate, then you do have, um, you do have people who are more conservative. Now, maybe it's more the center of Orange County, because then when you get further east, that's when you get into Tom Feeney's area. And stuff like that, going into Oviedo, going into Eastern um, Orange County, which also in many of those districts included Eastern uh, Seminole County as well. So you did even have this little dynamic going on in Orange County politics where you had that. But basically, the start of the, the Republican movement in the 80s, as far as Christian conservatism, really started there. And it's a cold. It, I think you started to see it spread throughout many of the former Democratic districts. Now, up till, and Cardick said it, the, between 1994 and 1996, many of these rural House districts had stayed Democratic, regardless of where they were. Yeah. And then you started seeing people like, for example, in Lake County, um, Everett Kelly, uh, who was a Democrat, he switched to being a Republican. And you started to see a lot of these switches and many were on the gun issue in some of these rural areas. Now, many were on. Let me interject that real quickly, Dave. Sorry, you, you, you pick up. Oh, I don't think, uh, and you and I met each other during this period and lived through it. I don't think right. people now appreciate it when they say, oh, the Clintons were moderates 
and uh, Bill Clinton uh, is this kind of centrist Democrat. I don't think they appreciate the amount, the exodus of rural voters in Florida and in other states. Even though Clinton won Florida in 96, the exodus of these voters um, and these elected officials in this state during that period because uh, of Clinton's advocacy of gun control. I mean, that was a, and, and Al Gore also being a big gun control advocate, which is probably why I think Obama de-emphasized that issue, which I, I find fault with Obama on, by the way. But um, I, I think that got, you, you, you nailed it. I think the gun control issue really, for guys like Everett Kelly and Harry Good was a big gun guy mm-hmm. for our county. That prompted them to switch parties. They didn't just protest within the Democratic Party. They became Republicans and they were sitting state house members. Right, right, exactly. So Bronson was another one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So, and, and these are all, and, and we're talking about Central Florida, right? I mean, it's not like we're talking about uh, with these two gentlemen, we're not talking about up in the panhandle, right? We're talking about yeah, Everett Kelly just. We can talk about from there, but yeah, specifically right. Central Florida, right? Right, and exactly. Rob Sindler, who never became a Republican, but began voting with them. Oh, he voted, he was basically a Republican vote except like we said he he was the joe manchin of the chime right but but if, if, if joe manchin were actually okay he was worse than joe manchin when it came to a lot of these votes but he was a leader he, he would vote for the leadership and whatnot so he still had the d next to his name but you know orlando was and and he was an apopka that was kind of that eastern more conservative side of it even though he was jewish it was still he even he he was an interesting politician because even though he was jewish he got a lot of conservative christians to back his campaign okay which is something that you really didn't see at that time and so another thing that happened during this time as well is yes this christian conservatism grew out of orange county but i think you also start seeing the movements of the Republican leadership, not just shifting ideologically, but geographically. So you see it moving away from Pinellas County and moving away from, let's say, Jacksonville to Central Florida. And, you know, I think that, and and I wouldn't even say necessarily Central Florida as much as specifically Orange, Seminole, and parts of Lake County. So by the way, this is one of the money points from this space today is going to be there was a shift of the leadership of the Republican Party, which had been based around um, the the, uh, Pinellas County, largely the East Coast, the coastal area east of US-1 in Broward and Palm Beach counties, guys like Van Poole, Jim Scott, uh, Frank Messersmith, there were a number of them from that part of the state. Uh, the, The Jacksonville area, guys like uh, John Thrasher and and, and, and uh, Jim King still hung on into the, but they, the Jacksonville's power was reduced. Uh, Tom Slate at the time was the chair of the uh, Florida Republican Party. He's from uh, Jacksonville. The moderate Republicans nationally wanted him to be RNC chairman. They thought he would stop the drift towards the right. Slate had done a lot to try and attract African American voters also in the state. So this is a big money point. I want Dave to continue with this. There was a shift in the geographic. Um, the, the geography of the leadership of the Republican Party in the state, away from Pinellas County, Broward County, and Duval. The Duval thing happened a little later, but uh, Pinellas and Broward at this point, Duval a little later, towards the east, the, the western part of Orange County, uh, and towards Seminole County, and then eventually there's going to be a shift away from there, but let's talk about 
those are well it, the shift away from there just happened but let's talk about those right yeah continue. well i mean i mean it's interesting because the shift away from there just happened but the people who were part of that shift like sproles for example is still part of he would have fit in perfectly in 1980s or yeah I, and i mean right. guys like Dolworth were very recent dean cannon was very recent true um, and and uh, uh scott playcott is still you know yeah. leader, tom feeney Pini. Right. So, yeah, so continue. I think this or, this uh, Central Florida point is important. Yeah, so, I mean, you start seeing the shift in Central Florida, and you start seeing the shift in the Republican Party. And at this point, I think a lot of people noticed, at least in Republican circles, that the growth, and, and this goes to bigger electoral success, the growth was happening in Central Florida. And one thing that you can say about the Republicans over the last... Well, now, dating myself 30 years here now, they've been really good at anticipating growth in Florida because, yes, we're talking about uh, Orange, Osceola, or Orange, Seminole County, places like that. And, and like Cardick said, now you're starting to see the shift away from it because they see these areas are becoming more democratic. Where are they now going to instead? Pasco County, building in Lake County, going to these other Polk County and stuff like that. And that's where you're going to start seeing the leadership so from. The Democrats held the majority in the state uh, up until the 96 election. And Clinton had won that election. But the de- so 98 is when the state cabinet flipped and the governorship flipped. I want right. to mention places like Pasco and Volusia and uh, uh, not really Marion, but Pasco, Volusia, uh, kind of Polk, uh, those counties that we now associate very closely with the Republican Party uh, were still electing Democrats at that point. Uh, Clay County had already flipped. St. John's had it actually totally flipped until around that period. So um, the Republican base had always been in more urban counties. This is really important to understand. The Republican base had always been in places like Pinellas and Broward. And by that time, Broward had become very Democratic, but still the areas east of I-95 or east of US-1 in Broward and Palm Beach counties were electing Republicans. And then I guess the other epicenter uh, Dave was Miami-Dade County, which had always been the most Democratic county in the state. We talk about um, the the Republican horseshoe ending in Fort Lauderdale. It didn't go south of there. uh, We talked about the 68 election. 68 election, Hubert Humphrey uh, uh, almost finished his third in the state, right? George Wallace almost beat him. He won right. eight county by double digits. He only won two other counties. Uh, Leroy Collins gets beat in all but four counties, including mm-hmm. the counties which he had lived in up in the panhandle. He wins Dade County by 26 points against Ed Gurdy, who won statewide. That's how uh, far to the left Dade County was and how um, Dade County was like a northern, you know, my, people have told me Miami, Miami Beach then voted like Chicago or New York. They Then it was an outlier in a southern state like Florida to have this left-wing place. Um, right. But then the Cuban-American uh, vote, which we, we can do a whole other space on why they ended up voting Republican. There were a number of uh, reasons, and, and the Democrats screwed up in a lot of cases when they had the opportunity to get, by the way, the diaz Bolan brothers, when they came of age in politics, were both uh, Democrats and we now associate them as major Republican leaders in the state. But Miami-Dade, Cuban-American voters, and orange Seminole Christian conservative voters become the base of the uh, Republican Party, in addition to rural voters as they come over. Although we're not at the rural voters yet, right? Those, right. So the period we're talking about, Pasco is still voting Democratic. Volusia is still voting Democratic. Uh, St. Lucie is still voting Democratic, right? All of these sort of 
um, counties that we now associate with being kind of conservative are still voting Democratic at that point. Flagler County was still voting Democratic until uh, the second uh, until the first Obama election. So yeah, continue, Dave. Yeah, so I mean, so we we see this transformation going on, right? So we see that the that the Republicans have really been able to. Um, during the 80s, been able to build as far as Central Florida and then grow to these rural districts because the Republicans seem to know they were in a, they were in a position of disadvantage, right? And, you know, and being in that position of disadvantage, they knew that they had to eventually make these gains in the rural areas because they knew they, that these were voters who had agreed with them, but then... You know, they, they, these places would still, up until the early 90s, would vote very much for their Democratic representatives. And, you know, and I think in this situation, and, and, I, and I don't know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see research on this, how much term limits actually played a role. Well, I played a big and, part because, look, so uh, the 99 session I worked, 99, uh, I worked in Tallahassee, the capital for several sessions, but I wanted to highlight the 99 session because you were there also, Dean. You were living in the same <laughs> apartment complex as me. By the right. way, Charlie just lived nearby to us. Uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah. In the same complex that, that, that year. Uh, but when we were living there in 99, you still had a Democratic rep in Palatka. You still had a Democratic rep in, in Uly, in, in, in Nassau County. You had a Democratic rep in LaBelle, in Henry County. You had a Democratic rep, uh, I think we had still a rep in, in like Madison County. Yeah, we did, right? And, and we had yeah. a, a rep in, in Columbia and Swanee that was a Democrat, Boyd Stansel. Yeah. Um, so we still had Democrats in those seats. And then what happens is once term limits kicked in, which was in 2000, those seats all flipped without much of a fight. So we'll pick up next week on the podcast talking about the repercussions. Uh, Dave will lead off, actually, talking about the repercussions of those, uh, those term limited legislators, those seats flipping, and what happened from there on out. You can get the Florida History Podcast wherever you get podcasts. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week.